0: Welcome to Show on the Go, it's your boy Ross. Go Squeeze Off uh, This is just a, a header Because we're doing a police and people of color uh, Kind of ongoing thread light podcast So I'll chime in if Ross Roscoe Squeeze Off myself I'll chime in, then maybe Rich Blackman or Needy Savage will chime in as they see fit And because it's such an ongoing topic right now with the police and the people of color, which is the policing in America, period. Uh, we're just going to kind of make this an ongoing topic and we'll, we'll make a thread. So you'll be able to listen to one and then go right from one to the next and it'll keep going ongoing instead of just doing one or, you know, 10 different sh- shows about it. It'll almost be like commentaries and we'll like, uh, we'll answer each other as we go through with our own little commentary. So once again, this is the, police and people of color a podcast thread from show on the go Welcome to Show on the Go, the podcast. Uh, it's your boy Roscoe Squeeze Off, and I'm doing something a little different today. I'm um, actually going to be on here by myself for just a few, and we'll follow it up um, for certain topics. We, you know, this is I'm want to kind of talk about the police brutality uh, thing going on right now. And for certain topics what we're going to do is just like I'll come in and then maybe Needy Savage or Rich Blackman They'll come in right behind me and fill them with their own instead of actually doing the show Because it's going to be ongoing and we're going to kind of just kind of like give our little commentary and thoughts on it So let me jump right in So first of all I think uh, I don't know about you know they said they want to defund the police and things of that nature Now, police are going to stick together because they don't want to lose money. That's common sense. What uh, if you work somewhere, you get retirement and the whole nine yards, even if certain people are wrong for what they do at that job, you don't want to lose any type of income from it. Uh, You know, that's your way of life. That's what you do. And I'm a government employee. I'm not a police officer, but I definitely don't want to lose any income from what I do. So I understand where police are coming from. And what's going on right now with the Georgia. Where people aren't answering. Uh, they aren't answering the police calls. Pretty much unless they said if, if it's not going to be uh, an officer down situation. They're not even answering calls. They're calling out from work. They're not coming to work. And I understand where they're coming from. Because they feel as though they're being wronged. And they don't know what to do and how to do their job. Now the goal is. Just to make it simple, is not to kill people, not to kill anyone, not not just black people, but just not to kill anyone, unless you're defending yourself or defending people, is the goal. Now, they obviously some more training probably could be used. I think I heard a comedian somewhere say that uh, it takes you two years to become a cosmetologist, <laughs> but in, in in three to six months you can be a police officer. Now. The defunding of the police, I understand what people want. Because police are forced to do a lot. They're not just protecting and serving. I mean, they're social workers. I mean, I just uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was at a giant supermarket. And somehow a snake got, got into my car. Like a six-foot-long black snake got into my vehicle. And someone saw it and they called across the loudspeaker at the um, supermarket, and a police officer, several police officers came out. They didn't wait for the animal controller to come in. A police officer actually, you know, used some little little grabbers that someone had in the parking lot, and he actually got the snake out of my car. He was bit twice. Now, he claims it wasn't a poisonous snake, and he was going to go get it looked at, but that was above and beyond what I thought a police officer should do. I commended him for what he did. Uh, I don't mind police officers. What we what we don't like is, is as a person of color uh, is the aggressive nature and uh, of police uh, towards the communities that that, that that house people of color or even when you're out of the people of, of, of the community of a person of color just being a person of color. What I mean by that is I saw a post on Facebook, and, and forgive me if I jump around a little bit because I'm trying to cover, it, it, it encumbers a lot when you talk about this uh, topic. So, um, I saw a post on Facebook that said, how old were you the first time police pulled a gun on you? And I thought to myself, I was 13 years old. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was on the ground, they laid us all on the ground, and it's actually we just it was about eight o'clock at night on a summer evening and we were talking to some girls that were not of my race. And I, I've never really, honestly, not not that I wouldn't date out of date out of my race, but I was about 13 with some girls that we went to go see, that we had met in the mall back in the old days, and they actually had like when the police pulled up, they saw that. They got out, they told the white girls to go up the street. Me and my other two friends, they like literally had us on the ground. Police officer stepped on my head. He pulled a gun out. He asked me, what was I doing with white girls? I mean, it was, it, it, it. and this is, uh, this was actually in in, in, in Baltimore. So this is, uh, you know, quite a number of years ago, but that was the first time a gun ever got pulled out on my myself. But I, as I saw the post, I saw so many people had young teenage years, man. And I was like, wow. And I, I saw some of the, the white people in the post were like, they were just uh, blown away by that how common that was for people of color to say that. Now, one of the things I think causes this, and this is just a guess, this is a guess on my part. I think it has to do with the way we are portrayed in Hollywood. Now, I understand Bill Cosby went through what he went through, but I've often told people, had he had had years ago when he first attempted to buy NBC, his plan, he said, was to make shows like the Cosby Show, A Different World, Little Bill, the Co- uh, uh, Fat Albert, and those type of shows where he had black people in a different light than what's normally portrayed. And what I mean by portrayed is when you see people of color in a leading role on television, sometimes it's very stereotypical. Uh, we even have to be a bo- uh, an athlete, an artist of some type, like singing, dancing. Uh, 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 they always I, I, I see a running theme in movies where they always say oh, just made partner at some type of firm, where With shows with uh, Caucasian people you can see two broke girls, you can see a, a UPS driver. It can be anybody. It can be a leading role of a show. When you see us in a leading role, if we if we're not the top or the best that's ever done, some type of mogul or something like that. We're like uh, the, the show Power a lot where, um, you know, you, you're making it, but it's drug money involved. And in like in the very first episode of Power, you, 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 oh, you got a club and a grand opening and everything's going well, but you're still killing somebody downstairs in the basement. So you can still you're still willing to do murder. You're still willing to sell drugs. And that's kind of what our shows are about. I mean, it's a show called For Life. I think it's another 50 Cent show. And yeah, the guy's doing great, he became a lawyer in jail, but everything always has you in jail in 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 that type of setting, in an aggressive type setting. So I think when you see, and then then our music doesn't help either, I mean, I, we used to have Public Enemy and Rakim and guys that actually had a, a KRS-One positive messages for black people and things of that nature, and when that went away and everything became N.W.A. and Ice-T back in his day and... When it went from more from there to what it is now with this trap music and, you know, just a lot of cussing and kill, 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 shoot, 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 you know, bitch, 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 all that type of stuff. When what you see of black people in a leading role in in music and culture, even our R&B singers are known for beating people up sometimes, you know, Chris Brown, things that nature. When that becomes what you know of us. When you don't know us, and I, and a long time ago, I was in the military, so I know I'm going roundabout, but I'm, I'm, I'm making a, I'm, co- I'm coming to a point here. When what you know of people of color, especially African Americans, Black people, um, when what you know of them on media is mainly that, as a, in a leading role, what I just mentioned to you, that's what you kind of take as your image. I actually knew a girl, who became a good friend of mine when I was in the military many years ago. And she was 23 years old when she joined the military. The very first time she ever saw a black person in the flesh, because she was from Idaho, I believe she was, that was when she got to the O'Hara Airport in Chicago to transfer airplanes. She had never seen one in the flesh, she said. And she was cool. She was actually great. We, We were actually good friends in the military. But that was the first time she had ever saw a black person in the flesh. So my point is, when you have police that train for this stuff... Uh, and they got limited training, and you know, you go into black communities, uh, or you know, African American communities, or just see them, you're prepared for something just based on what you hear, what you see. And I'm not saying always, and that's not everybody, but some of them, yes, and the key is definitely some. Because what I see is when I see the videos with the white people, Caucasian people, I see them cussing at police. I, I saw a guy waving a hatchet going at the police. I saw a kid that they tried to t- He chased, He actually chased the police around. And the police, nobody got shot. <laughs> nobody died. You know, nobody was, they weren't so scared that they had to like, I actually watched a video not too long ago where, it was a couple of black kids in the car, and he it was like, Is this your car? And he said it was a rental car. I think they were in Iowa. And he was saying how to give us a rental car. And he kept asking him questions. He said, Hey, your, your posture in the car makes me think you may have a gun. The guy was like, I don't have a gun. And his posture was just, he was sitting in his chair. But I, I can, you know, I don't want to say I understand it, but it's a lot of different backgrounds of where you come from. And there are a lot of areas in America, it's only 13% black. So I tell people all the time, there's a lot of areas that barely have any black people. When I was in the military, I traveled all around America. And I went to, it was places, it was times, I went to a Walmart where, you know, they always got 30 registers, but they usually never had more than 15 open. But it was like 15, 20 registers open. It was a packed, crowded Walmart in Ohio. I was in Ohio. And it was I was the only black person in that store as I walked around. The only black person. I mean, there's hundreds of people in here at this time. It was, it was around the holiday time. It was, like, just packed full of people. So there are still places where there are not a lot of black people. So, and, and, then, and then when you work in areas where there are a lot of black people, and even even, you know, I'm trying to cover the whole gauntlet here. So you got people that are not used to being around them, and then some that just don't relate. So I don't know if it's a thing where you need a lot of people to police themselves. You know, blacks police blacks. You know, have a good amount of those there, but it's a lot of fear, of from cops to black people, and then and then the opposite way around. It's a lot of fear from black people. I I, I forgot what I was watching, man. And It was something where a guy got pulled over by the police, and his kid was maybe eight or nine in the back seat, and he started crying, and the, and the, and the father said, Hey, what's the matter? What's the matter? And before the police even came to the car, he said, Dad, I don't want you to die. You know, granted, we have to talk to the kids about this kind of stuff, but it's a fear on both sides. So maybe we need to get, you know, police playing basketball, the little basketball leagues and different, you know, officers. It used to be an officer friendly thing when I was growing up where officers would come to the to the, to the elementary school and talk to the students and get to know them and things of that nature. And then they played in the different sports leagues and recreation centers in the communities. I don't know if that goes around. If that happens, I know it doesn't happen much on the East Coast anymore, but I don't know if that happens anymore. But it has to be a meshing point. And you just can't get rid of police. You gotta have some type of police. But as far as people is people saying that, you know, there is really no attack on black people. And I I'm not saying it's a targeted attack, but you gotta remember what police was created for. What the police oh, used to be sheriffs. If you watch any old Western, you'll see it. it used to be sheriffs. And the whole purpose of forming the police officer, because was overseers. It was overseers on slave plantations, and the overseers they kind of formed f- 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 to be police to bring back. Uh, you know when they when they when they finally released uh, the the when they finally released a lot of the slaves and they had to go into the regular world, they rounded them up. When they didn't have a job, of course, they just became, they were just slaves, they just got released. Of course, they don't have a job yet. They would round them up for not having them a job, lock them up, and then put them in the chain gang, in the jail. So they still work for, they still lease them out to work anyway. You know, they get free labor out of them anyway. But that's where police actually came from. Not the sheriffs that, that, that have always been around, but the actual police came from, you know, police officer came from overseer. And that's kind of where it came from. So it's always been a contentious thing between police and black people from the very beginning. From the very beginning and the inception of police in America. So we got to figure out how to bridge that gap. We got to have police. We need law and order. Now, last thing before I go, uh, you know, and I know I'm all over the place. And it's just a bunch of thoughts running through my mind. And, you know, Needy, Savage, and... Uh, Rich Blackman will come on and they'll give their little segments and I'll, and I'll come back and do some more because it's an ongoing topic. So we'll keep reverting back to this topic. Um Two other things. One is I believe the reason we got such a big turnout. I don't know if it's going to be a whole bunch of change. I think change has to be in legislation and it's not the president we worry about, guys. You got to worry about, you know, your Congress. That's where your voting has to go to make the proper changes, whatever changes you want to see in how policing is done. That will be done through legislation because that's who make laws. You need to have laws in place. I think you leave everything like it is, honestly. You do a little bit more training, of course. You do want the training, but you want to have laws in place. So if you had a mandatory law that if you were found to wrongfully shoot someone, uh, not just a person of color, but anyone... Uh, you know, for, for some type of police brutality, like the like the knee on George's neck, George, George's neck, then, yes, that should be a mandatory sentence. Almost like if you just like I have a mandatory sentence for, for robbing a bank, if you rob a bank, if you're just a driver and you never go inside, you get 15 years. It should be a mandatory sentence for that. And I think that could eliminate more of that. Or at least you'd have the people that that is when the police is when one officer is doing something, the other officer says, hey, don't do that. So, that's one thing there. And then the other thing is the protesting. Uh, I, you know, I, we have an amendment right to protest. I almost wonder, I think I heard Herschel Walker say this. Uh, we shouldn't be protesting late at night. You know, just the same way you you don't want your kids out late at night. Because nothing really happens good late at night. Now, I know they had a lot of bad pro- protesting going on a ride during the daytime too. But... Maybe they should cut it off when it gets to dark. Maybe 8 p.m. I think Herschel Walker said that. Maybe 8 p.m. should be a cutoff time for protesting. You know, just because we want to keep things from being contentious, man. Especially in tough times right now. And I know sometimes, I, I hear a lot of people of color say, you got to kind of like toss it at their nose so that they understand, and they see what's going on. And that's true. I just hate be- businesses being tore down, you know, as a business owner. I hate businesses being t- tore down and beat up in your own communities to prove your point. We got to get to the point where we do it with the pen, legislation. Man, legislation makes major changes. You know, we marched to get in schools and to, to end uh, segregation, but what ended it, it wasn't just the marching and everything; it was the actual legislation. So we got to get to where we can really get to legislation, voting on Congress, not just voting on president, but coming right back like two years later and voting for your congressmen, your senators. And making sure you hold them accountable to get the action that you want done, done. Now, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm pretty much going to hold off right there. Like I said, this is a different format we're doing. Uh, we don't normally do this format. Um, they'll follow up in a day or two and I'll follow up. And it's just going to be on this topic right now. Maybe another time. We may even go coronavirus as well. Because by them being such ongoing topics, to just do a show on it, the show will be null and void within... You know, a few days time, and you had to do another one. So, we're just going to be tapping in and chiming in with uh, the topics on the police brutality, the Black Lives Matter stuff, uh, and also uh, maybe the coronavirus. We'll do one for that as well, and we, and we we'll put it up in a posting so you can see it when you when you go to our podcast. But uh, once again, it's your boy Roscoe Squeeze Off with Show on the Go, um, covering talking about the police brutality and how we go about. Fixing the uh, the the communities with the police in, in this 2020, this crazy year of 2020. But uh, until next time, uh, let's look for look out now. Quick, quick, quick! Make sure you know. Look out for our police and our coronavirus. Uh, and it'll be listed where you can see that it's just an ongoing thread, so you just follow it. But it's kind of a podcast thread. It's uh, something new we're doing here, and it's just gonna be for police brutality and most likely coronavirus. If we add to it, we'll let you know. Once again, it's your boy, Roscoe Squeeze-Off. Until next time, peace.